Hi, I'm Dane Shiner. And I'm J.V. Hampton Van Sant. And welcome to Wannabe Film Buffs. Where we watch all the movies that we somehow managed to miss until now. Uh, Alright, ready to dive into this? Oh yeah, so... Are we ready for this? Are we truly ready for this? I don't think we have a do we have? Do we have our therapists on standby? <laughs> Yes. By which I mean is the group chat pulled up so we can cry to them about this after. Yes. (laughs) All right, guys. Today is Schindler's List. Uh Welcome back, everybody. In 1993, directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, based off the book Schindler's Ark by... Why did I only put his last name? Jesus Christ, I'm bad at this. Uh... Yeah, by Keenly. I'll 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 look up the 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 name in a second. Oh God, Thomas Thomas Keenly. At least I think yep. that's what how is that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, I I can't I could not tell you to be honest with you. All right, so screenplay um, uh, by Stephen uh, Zalian. Uh, it's number six on IMDb's top two fifty. It won seven Oscars. Uh, Holy shit. Best picture, best director, best adapted screenplay, cinematography, set design, film editing, and best score. You know what? I have not a single argument with any of that. (laughs) Not a single argument with any of those wins. I don't know what it was up against, but... Uh, when I say that those are the striking things from that year, like, or like from the movie, it was nominated for another five, too. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, best uh, lead actor for Liam Neeson. By the way, this is his third appearance on our show. Liam Neeson? Yeah. Holy shit. Wait, what was his first? What was his first? Batman Begins. Wait, you said this is his third? And then he was in Dark Knight Rises. Oh fuck! He wasn't that, wasn't he? Yep, he was in the. I fully theme. forgot. He, I fully forgot he was in the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, I don't blame uh. you. <laughs> so, uh, that was won by Tom Hanks in Philadelphia, mm. and uh, supporting actor nomination for Ray Fiennes. Uh, he was. Um, he uh, lost though to Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive. Oh, hmm. And then uh, nominated for costume design. Oops, sorry. Uh, and it was won by Age of Innocence. Uh, for the record, I have no idea what that movie is. I don't either. Cool. I was, uh, that I hope it didn't sound like I did <laughs> because I fully don't know what that is. Um, and then, oh dear. and then, uh, best sound was won by Jurassic Park. Okay, fair. Which I think <laughs> is yeah, I think that's correct. I think <laughs> like is it is that sound design it's or sound, just sound It's best in sound general? in general. Like and like they had to create the sounds of animals that no one ha- alive has ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> There's more innovation there. Yeah. Um for sure. And then um it was also nominated for best makeup which was won by Mrs. Doubtfire. Huh. Okay, also fair, but 
actually no extremely fair yeah by consideration i think that and that is just one little note that i feel like can go here rather than later on is the choice to have it in black and white sort of naturally means it's gonna be um like that things like for example um best makeup would lose yeah um, because like they they didn't I don't know, shit, the other one had a color at the very least. Um, yeah, you can see what the makeup was. Yeah, exactly. Whereas this, nope, didn't didn't see it. Um, didn't see it, but not, the, the, in no way was that a bad thing. I don't think yeah. I needed it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be real. Don't know that I would have liked it. Uh, don't know that I would have wanted that. Would have wanted this in full color. I think that would have hurt more. Yeah, it would have. <laughs> it really would have. Oh God! This is also our second thing shot in black and white intentionally. Y- yes. Yes, indeed. Twice in a row. Mm-hmm. Ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> but my soul is broken, listeners. If you can't hear that. Um, Which was my expectation going into this movie, by the way. <laughs> I I had like no expectations going in literally because I've I can honestly tell y'all I have never thought about this movie ever once in my life. Oh, <laughs> like not once, not a one time. I knew just sort of vaguely it would probably have something to do with Germany. Wait, did you not know this was a Holocaust film? No. Oh my God. <laughs> JV. No. <laughs> I fucking didn't. <laughs> and then I found out real fucking quick. Uh, yeah. Like it was, yeah. Yeah, you did. Real fucking quick. And it was like, and then as soon as I like sat down and just had to sink in with it, I was like, shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> I well, you're the fuck I am. It was one of those movies also where like I I wouldn't have turned this one off, but like there is also an element in my brain of like I want to shut this off. My mental health can't handle it. But then I also had to sit there and think, um, I feel like a bad person if I shut this off because yeah. I can't deal with it. Exactly. <laughs> that's a weird like place to be but um anyway we could get to the opinions and things after we get through this behemoth of a plot summary because jesus christ um all right so who starts <laughs> um uh we'll go with you all right you start us off cool the relocation of Polish Jews from surrounding areas to Krakow began in begins in late 1939, shortly after the outbreak of World War II, when the German army defeats the Polish army in three weeks. Oskar Schindler, a successful businessman, arrives in Czechoslovakia in hopes of using the abundant cheap labor force of Jews to manufacture enamelware for the German military. Schindler an opportunistic member of the Nazi party, lavishes bribes upon the army and SS officials in charge of procurement. Sponsored by the military, Schindler requires a factory or acquires a factory for the production of army mess kits and cooking paraphernalia. 
Not knowing much about how to properly run such an enterprise, he gains a contact in Ishtak Stern, played by Ben Kingsley. Oh, by the way, uh, Oscar Schindler was played by Liam Neeson. Um, mm-hmm. A functionary in the local Judenrat uh, Jewish Council who has contacts with the now underground Jewish business community <coughs> in the ghetto. They loan him the money for the factory in return for a small share of products produced for trade on the black market. Opening the factory, Schindler pleases the Nazis and enjoys his newfound wealth and status as Herr Director, while Stern handles all administration. Stern suggests Schindler hire Jews instead of Poles because they cost less. The Jews themselves get nothing. The wages are paid to the Reich. Workers in Schindler's factory are allowed outside the ghetto, and Stern falsifies documents to ensure that as many people as possible are deemed essential by the Nazi bureaucracy which saves them from being transported to concentration camps or even being killed. Okay. Um, Eamon Go? It's a, that accent mark is an, is a soft E. So it's Amon Goeth. Goeth? Goeth. I don't think Amon I just know that accent. (laughs) Fabulous. Well done. Amon Goeth, played by Rafe Fiennes. Ralph? Rafe? Uh, it is Rafe. It's Rafe, right? It is Rafe. Rafe, yeah, okay. Rafe finds, um, arrives in Krakow to initiate construction of a labor camp uh, nearby Pasco? This, this is hell on me as a dyslexic human. Oh my god. <laughs> I, whatever. A name that begins with a P that I, that I can't do right now. Um, the SS soon liquidates the Krakow ghetto, sending hundreds, sending in hundreds of troops to empty the cramped rooms and shoot everyone who protests un, who protests is uncooperative, elderly, or infirm, or for no reason at all. Schindler watches the massacre from the hills overlooking the area and is profoundly affected. He nevertheless is careful to befriend Guth. This is going to kill me. Anyway, um, and through Stern's attentions to bribery, um, he continues to enjoy the SS support, the SS's support and protection. The camp is built outside of city that begins with a P that I can't pronounce. Um, during this time, Schindler bribes. I'm gonna just start calling him a goth. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> oh um Schindler bribes 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 Amon. Amon. I can also just call him Amon. Uh, bribes Amon into allowing him to build a subcamp for his workers, and with the motive of keeping them safe from the depredations of the guards. Eventually, an order arrives from Berlin commanding Eamon uh, to execute, or to, wow, to execute, Jesus, to exhume and destroy all the bodies um, of those killed in the Krakow ghetto, dismantle city that begins with a P that I can't pronounce, and to ship the remaining Jews to Auschwitz. Schindler prevails upon Amen to let him keep his workers so that he can move them 
to a factory in his old home of Zwit. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just keep getting to the end. Like it keeps getting worse. I think it's um, pronounced Zwitau Brinlitz. Zwitau Brinlitz in Moravia. Um, again, I'm sorry, away from the final solution, now fully underway in occupied Poland. Eamon acquiesces, charging a certain amount for each worker. Schindler and Stern assemble a list of workers that should keep them off the trains to Auschwitz. Schindler's list comprises these skilled uh, inmates, and for many of those in Patskow, Patsau, Yes. Uh, Being included uh, means the difference between life and death. Schindler also plays a game of high card draw for one worker in particular, Helen Hirsch, who'd been serving as Goethe's housekeeper and has been a victim of his continual abuse. Goethe is reluctant, hoping to run away with her, but knowing that such an action will result in his death as well as hers. He also floats the idea of simply executing her, but finally decides to play Schindler for Helen's life. Helen is among those who board the twain. The, the twain? Board the twain. <laughs> board the twain. Da, 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 da. Board the train to Brinlitz. All of the men on Schindler's list arrive safely at the new site, with the exception of the train carrying the women and children, which is accidentally redirected to Auschwitz. There... The women are directed um, to what they believe is a gas chamber after a harrowing experience where their hair is cruelly cut off, or crudely cut off, um, and they are forced to strip. They see only water falling from the showers. <clears throat> the day after, the women are shown in waiting in line for work. In the meantime. Schindler has rushed immediately to Auschwitz to solve the problem and to get the women out of Auschwitz. To this end, he bribes the camp commander, <clears throat> Rudolf Haas. We're, we're going with it. I'm sorry. Played by Hans Michael Rayberg. Ryberg? Ryberg. We'll go with Ryberg. That sounds good. Um, with a cache of diamonds so that he is able to spare all the women and children. However, a last problem arises when all the women are boarding the train because several SS officers attempt to hold some children back and prevent them from leaving. Schindler, there to personally oversee the boarding, steps in and successfully and is successful in obtaining from the officers the release of the children. Once Schindler's, once the Schindler women arrive in Zwitau Brinlitz, Schindler institutes firm controls on the Nazi guards assigned to the factory. Summary executions are forbidden, abuse of the workers is as well, and the Nazi guards are, allow- are not allowed on the factory floor. Schindler also permits the Jews to observe the Sabbath and spends much of his fortune acquired in Poland bri- uh, bribing Nazi officials. In his hometown, he surprises his wife while she's in the church during Mass, and he tells her that she is the only woman in his life, despite having 
been shown previously to be a womanizer. She goes with him to the factory to assist him. He runs out of money just as the German army surrenders, ending the war in Europe. As a German Nazi and a self-described profiteer of slave labor, Schindler must flee the oncoming Soviet Red Army. After dismissing the Nazi guards to return to their families, he packs a car in the night and bids farewell to his workers. They give him a letter explaining that he is not a criminal to them. Together with a ringing grave in the Talmudic quotation, he who saves the life of one man saves the world entire. Schindler is touched, but deeply distraught, feeling he could have done more to save many more lives. He leaves with his wife during the night, dressed in Polish prisoner clothes, posing as refugees. The Schindler Jews, having slept outside the factory gates through the night, are awakened by sunlight the next morning. A a Soviet dragoon arrives and announces to the Jews that they have been liberated by the Red Army. The Jews walk to a nearby town in search of food. A title card informs us that Schindler was declared a righteous person by the Yad Vashem of Jerusalem and himself planted a tree on the avenue of the righteous in Israel which still grows to this day. The fate of Goethe is also known. He was captured near the German town of Bad Tolz and taken to Petzgau, where, defiant to the end, announcing his allegiance to Hitler, is hanged for crimes against humanity. As the surviving Schindler Jews walk abreast, the frame changes to another, um, to another of the Schindler Jews in the present day, in color. This is the part of the film that was shot in color, at the grave of Oscar Schindler um, in Israel. The film ends with a procession of now-aged Jews who worked in Schindler's factory, each of whom reverently sets a stone on his grave. The actors um, portraying the major characters walk hand-in-hand with the people they portrayed, also placing stones in Schindler's grave as they pass. Actor Ben Kinsley escorts the late Ishtak Stern's wife, um, and Caroline Goodall escorts Schindler's wife um, in her wheelchair. The audience learns that the survivors and descendants of the the approximately 1,100 Jews sheltered by Schindler now number over 6,000. The Jewish population of Poland, once numbered in the millions, um, was at the time of the film's release approximately 4,000. In the final scene, a man, Nissan himself, though his face is not visible, places a pair of roses at the grave and stands con- contemplatively over it. Contemplatively over it. Whatever. I'm bad at words, as we've clearly determined by me attempting to read all of this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's good. Holy shit. It's good. Practice um, will get better over time. <laughs> I mean, like, it'll be easier with other ones, I think, because uh, languages. I'm just going to be real. I've never attempted to speak Polish or German ever in my life. Um. <laughs> So and like and because of the and I've I've tried with pretty much every every one of the romance languages I've I've taken at least like three months of at minimum, with the exception of Portuguese. But like, 
I don't know, after you've done all of the others, Portuguese just sort of seems to make sense. <laughs> anyway. Um, but with regards to Poland and Germany, I, I, I've never tried that. Um, just never been on my list of languages that I've, like, attempted to figure out. So the pronunciations aren't exactly obvious to me. Yeah, um, I, I did a little bit of uh, German on Duolingo, but I'm also really bad at keeping up on Duolingo, so. <laughs> ah, fair. Fair. Oh, God. And shout out to every single human being who thought that during the quarantine they were going to learn a new language. Um, and I'm sure several people are going to, but like, good God, yeah. I could never. Um, I could never, simply based on my inability to pronounce things as it currently stands. So... I had a thought, and this thought occurred to me while uh, previously, um, well, I don't say while previously watching. I'm like, that's whatever. While watching this, I did have a thought, which was um, how many people who actually portrayed these um, characters were, like, were actually um, Jewish people? Oh, the actors themselves? Yep. I am not actually sure. So this was filmed during a time where we didn't really think about shit like that. Yeah. But, like, it feels weird that we do. But also, like, I will say that's a thing that we don't consider a lot ever, and we still don't. Mm. At least with regards to um, whether or not the person portraying a person who is Jewish is um, Jewish. And maybe I'm specifically... Um, lobbing a good old call out at Batwoman. Wait, what? <laughs> so, uh, one of the, because of course I'm going to tie it to something superhero related oh almost immediately. <laughs> um, but, um, Batwoman is, um, one of the reasons she's a very well, like well-known figure in general is because she is, um, she's openly Jewish and has been since her character's creation. Cool. Which is, like, pretty important, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but guess who is not Jewish um, and is the only person to have portrayed Batwoman um, in a live anything? Uh, <laughs> yikes. Um, our current Batwoman is not, um, is not a, is not actually a person who um, is Jewish or has ever been Jewish, but the character still is. So, like, they... I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I, know. I think it's a rough call, because like, mm -hmm. um, this uh, topic is always uh, brought up when it comes to casting people of certain genders or mm -hmm. spectrums of other genders. Anyway, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, mostly in regards to transgender people, and that I very much support, because, you know, mm -hmm. yes. If you're going yeah. to hire a man for a part trans or not they better fit the bell you know <laughs> right um Correct. but with religious faith uh, mm. people convert people just become mm -hmm. atheist or agnostic and at a point i think you do need to draw the line of like these people are actors so it's okay for them not to be 100 percent what they're portraying Agreed. Yeah. And I I personally, my line for that in particular, and I'm going to be 
I would be completely honest with that, even with regards to gender sometimes, mm-hmm. is not, like, I will let things slide in certain acting things because I just, like, because I, either because I had limited options or yeah. because, like, the person I had playing a thing was, like, genuinely good at it, so I wanted them to just keep doing it. Yeah. Despite knowing a fact. but And then also, like, a lot of a lot of things that I enjoy, um, like for example, um, a show that I will be appearing on relatively soon, um, a horror borealis. Um, there, the representation on that show is incredible. However, the people portraying the characters are absolutely like they absolutely don't match the identities of the characters they are portraying, and yeah. yet they are also driving the story of those characters, but they're doing so intentionally and with thought. And I feel like as long as that is there, and it's also not depriving other people of work, which I can also definitively say (laughs) that like a horror Borealis isn't doing, like it, it, you know, like I think at that point, then I feel a little bit more, um, I feel better about, um, about how that works then. But this one also gets a little tricky because it is also, or it could be also um, things to do with ethnicity. Yeah, true. And given the link between ethnicity and religion, like that sort of has, um, <clears throat> within this regard, that sort of has has me a little, um, I don't know what the word is, Um I guess it makes me think about it just a little bit more. Yeah. You know? Um, but that, that thought just crossed my mind. It wasn't really a, like it thought it crossed my mind and it, actually full, full honesty. Do you want to know why it crossed my mind? Sure. It's because Ben Kingsley is in this movie. Who <laughs> <laughs> is absolutely, I'm almost certain of this, been called out for that specifically before. I mean, he did play Gandhi. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. And with that, I, I also couldn't remember if he... um. I don't know. I was also trying throughout this entire movie to figure out why Ben Kingsley looked familiar because I didn't remember who he was. Uh, yeah, he was Gandhi. <laughs> and then, did you see Shutter Island? Um, no, I didn't. Oh well, that is I'm pretty sure on here. That is like one of the two movies I've seen on here. It's friggin' wonderful. Oh well, here's the thing. Um. Oh wait a minute. Um. So I'm I'm looking what? up. Um the name that Ben Kingsley was uh, born as. Yeah. No, I just got there. I was about to say that. Okay, maybe like, we shouldn't uh, call him out for that because yeah. Well, no, I think he was called out for something else from oh, another movie. Okay. I think it, I, I don't remember what it was, but I think it was, I, I don't remember what it was. Hmm. I just know that he got called out for it at some point. Yeah. Um, oh, um. Okay, it might have been this because he did it at one point address that he, um, like may possibly have had, um, like someone at some point in his family of Jewish descent. Because <laughs> like, there's a whole paragraph on his Wikipedia where it's like, I don't. <laughs> it's like I don't know. There's no real evidence of that. <laughs> it's like that's. Oh, 
maybe it's just it's a thought that like I don't know maybe maybe it's also a little unnecessary with regards to this person but like I feel like oh you know what it was actually I think I remember what? I think it had something to do with the fact that um he um I think he at one point might have um played somebody who specifically was like Middle Eastern in the way that like um that people who are British just casually will be um will will be Egyptian pharaohs peri- periodically. Well, yeah. That might have been it because he was in Exodus um Gods and Kings. Oh, that movie. Granted he was a Hebrew slave and that's so why I don't know. Hmm. Oh, Night at the Museum. <laughs> he was in Night at the Museum. Um <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, that's fun. Um whatever. I I've always admired him as an actor and I think this shows why. Yeah. Um yeah. Oh shit, he he Acted at one point on stage opposite Mel Gibson in Death of a Salesman. Oh. That's a wild... Anyway, whatever. And that's fine. This feels like a very wild thing. Holy fuck, Gandhi was in 1982? Let me, let me log off Wikipedia real quick because <laughs> I will just go down a Wikipedia rabbit hole of like... I fully thought that Gandhi... Like, Gandhi is a film that I've seen. That is a film that I have seen. Uh, and I, have I saw not that scene, Gandhi. I really, I really remember enjoying it. I saw it in school, um, but I don't remember what class we were in. I don't remember why we watched it. I just know I saw it in school. Cool. <laughs> oh God. Um, but it was that was informative. Anyway, back to Schindler's List. Um, yes, back to so, Schindler's List. <laughs> I like didn't want to after watching this movie go through and look at flaws and things i'm certain there were some i just didn't want to look up what they were yeah it didn't feel important or necessary to do yeah um so whatever those are they are in the goof section of imdb um and we will simply leave it there um i don't uh I don't know. I think it was uh, that I, I don't know. I'm ready to dive into opinions if you are. Um, sure. I have some notes. Oh yeah, sure. Let's go for your notes. Um, so um, the um, that moment when they're like dividing essential workforces and the uh, mm-hmm. history teacher was marked as non-essential. <gasps> uh, uh, that was yeah. oh, oh that that speaks so many so much that just speaks so much on a lot of issues that are today because no one yep. remembers history <laughs> yeah um, mm-hmm. that was that was the first of many like hard-hitting parts in this goddamn movie um and uh fun fact this was one of ray fines's like first movies Really? Yeah, this was one of his first like film acting gigs. Oh, holy shit! That is fucking surprising. I really wouldn't have caught that at all. Like Jesus oh. Christ! Like no, ma- no wonder he was cast as Lord Voldemort. <laughs> I mean, yeah, which like functionally wasn't that much longer after this, really. 
I mean, I guess it was in that it was like, what, like seven years or something? I mean, he was first Voldemort in Goblet of Fire. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Uh, <laughs> like, never mind. That was a little bit yeah. longer. <laughs> that was a little... Jesus Christ. This also, I think, maybe the first time I've ever looked at that man's just regular face. And... It's the first time I've looked at his nose. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just looked at it. No, I just clicked on his IMDb page and I looked at his face and I was like, oh. That's what his nose oh. looks like. Whoa. <laughs> it's, I mean, I feel like that might have been a little bit mean on my end, Um, but, <laughs> but he has a very specific face. Um, it's. It's a face. Have you looked at uh, the the Ray Fines quotes? No. He what? sounds like a delightful individual. Uh, well, that makes me feel. Oh my god, he was in the Prince of Egypt. He was Ramsey. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> ah. <laughs> Talking about movies that like really fucking like made me happy. That was a movie that made me happy. I don't remember that um, movie at all. <gasps> oh. Either that or, like, I just haven't seen it. I don't remember. Oh. That makes me sad and should be rectified. It should um, be. I've been meaning to actually watch it for a very long time because I'm not, I'm not like, Christian or Jewish, but, like, mm-hmm. the Exodus story was always one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. No, it's, um, it's, uh... Oh dear. What is the word? I'm trying to like, honestly, the soundtrack for that one is just lit. <laughs> and that's really like, the soundtrack for it is quite lit. The actual story itself is obviously good ba- based on great source material, but like, um, well, great source material insofar as that story is an incredible story. Yeah. Just sort of in general. Um, and like, Jesus Christ, what a great, Danny Glover was in that movie? What? I, I'm just like, IMDb, we have another movie to do. I can't help it. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, um, like so this. um some of these quotes mm-hmm. from uh, Rafe Fines. The first one is it's Rafe, actually. <laughs> well and the second one, when children were introduced to Lord Voldemort, they looked suitably terrified, which gave me great gratification. Man, I can't. Uh, he does seem like a good human. <laughs> also, Helen Mirren. Jesus, I will log off of IMDb <laughs> in death day moment. <laughs> I, like, I was just like still scrolling through the cast. Oh, you know what? It does make more sense that Danny Glover was in this because he sang my literal favorite song in that entire movie. <laughs> And I always thought the vocalist on that song was black. Um, and I was correct. Anyway, that's fine. It's fine. It's, there's no, there's no re. It just, he had a very rich voice and not saying that other people didn't, but like it was a richness that I was like, ooh, <laughs> this is, this is, this is church richness, richness right here. I, <laughs> this it's is gospel richness. I hear it. <laughs> This is somebody who definitely has heard a gospel choir oh, and yeah. figured that that was the right kind of singer that they should do. I mean, it makes um, complete sense. 
<laughs> it does. It does. Um, it is, you know, back gospel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Literal gospel. <laughs> oh, God, I think Whitney Houston on the soundtrack, and I just, I can't. Anywho, Chandler's <laughs> List. Um, right. <laughs> um, so, since this is a very hard-hitting movie, uh, what mm-hmm. mean hit you the hardest? Honestly, I <laughs> there was a moment at which I sort of went emotionally dead inside oh. um, because I had to for self-preservation. <laughs> Just real talk. I really did have to do that. There was a moment, and that moment was that scene um, where they... Uh, where the women were being like pushed into that shower mainly because like, that was again, sort of when like my brain kicked into gear um, and remembered parts of history class. Um, and I just immediately was like, no, no, I can't, I don't, I can't have this right now. I, I can't, I, this is not the, t-. mainly cause they kept just staying in the showers. Like, you know what I mean? Like the camera shot yeah. was just in the show. It wasn't like outside of it. It was just in there. Like, I mean, granted, there's a thing that somebody could have done with a hand had it gone in a di- in a different direction where the hand was on the window. Um, mm. Like and where you could have seen that and seen that sort of slowly drip. Down. That's just my this was a film moment in my head, which is also what I was expecting to see in that moment, which would have just meant epic tragedy and like, you know. But then that hit me, and that's when I just sort of emotionally had to like go dark more because I was like, they're fully taunting me at this point. <laughs> and like, it's not, I can't, I, I can't deal with this right now. Can't deal with this emotional stress. Um, <clears throat> so there was that. But then, sort of earlier on, um, like just sort of any moment where there's like just the cavalier shooting of somebody yeah where like there was almost no thought immediately before it happened like yeah. and, and and that was intentional that was clearly done intentionally yeah. you know like you know, like there was no way that couldn't have been done intentionally and like that's also i think was done for historical accuracy as well which is always important to me um but like it just it kept getting to me and it kept getting to me the like the how people would die and then immediately the other in this particular case the actors in the scene Mm. would have to keep going yeah um like showing no reaction to the body that just died in front of them which again going back to actual thing that happened just has me sitting here like i i mm, right again um broken i've been broken as a human uh for the last week i think Mm -hmm. uh it's been almost a week and uh don't know when i'm gonna resolve that problem of being broken as a human but Mm. well here we are um in this time period of of uh 2020 yes in quarantine Mm -hmm. actually also that line about essential personnel just had me flashing back to um you know just recent announcements of like only essential personnel and i was like i hate this i hate this i hate this a lot i hate this very much (laughs) oh boy Mm -hmm. yeah um 
Yeah, there's a lot that just sounded familiar in a deeply disturbing way. Oh, yeah. So, for me, oh, God, I think the first tears fell with uh, the little girl in the red coat. Uh, when she was uh, uh, shown to not have make, made it out of the uh, the ghetto. Mm-hmm. And then there were a few tears there, but where the tears and just of the absolute uncontrollable sobbing uh, mm-hmm. was right before the I could have done more speech when Schindler walks out and sees everyone there waiting for. And I'm like, OK, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and I did not stop crying until the like. 10 minutes after the credits rolled (laughs) honestly yeah oh fuck that speech jesus christ that speech did me the fuck in and i i i just (sighs) that speech oh my god that that speech just it had me sitting there thinking um well it did actually put some weird thoughts in my brain of like the of the of just the general thought of like i don't know how i would respond to that with other sort of movements yeah you know what i mean like with other sort of activism related things um because like the way i generally respond to for example um well i don't okay and i i hate making this sort of equivalent this equivalency but i'm going to do it for the sake of like being able to to sort of explain how i handled this moment yeah um which is to say um it was weird for me to then think about like well how would i feel if this was um if this was a person who was freeing people via the underground railroad uh and they and this was their response to like to that i also then immediately i should i should also note there i did immediately then have to read about harriet tubman like almost immediately after watching this movie which was like a very weird moment <laughs> like just for for honestly for this exact thing of like i <clears throat> of i freed this many people but i could have freed more um and then thinking like thinking about that and thinking, well, well, how do, how do I respond to that? Like, I don't know that I would have responded personally with comforting somebody mm. in that moment because that just feels like that to me would feel not like what I would want to do. But then again, also, I'm not a cold, heartless asshole who would just leave somebody crying like that. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, I don't know what how I would reply to it. Yeah. But it uh it's difficult it's difficult and i feel like that just sort of is a general summary of this of this movie as a whole um this is emotionally difficult <laughs> uh, but like i'm gonna be real i actually don't know what i would rate this one so i think i might have to have to like reference your um your uh sort of the the list of criteria that you came up with actually oh yeah my rating system sure I have yeah. it right here I'm gonna have to like 
rely on that to like come up with this rating because like one of the things I can definitely say is like I will never watch this movie again. Uh, yeah, this falls under the subgenre of films incredible and necessary films that are absolutely gut-wrenching. Yep. <laughs> like that is a genre thing. itself. <laughs> it truly is. And you know what else is on that list for me? What? Like there here are two other films that are on that list for me. Um Selma, that's one. Um I which Selma. I believe was a few, that was a few years ago. Um I, I like wanted pretty to so badly. I just never got to. That's fair. Um, it was very good and again very necessary, but also like sweet baby Jesus. I did not I did not need this. Um, I did not need to do this to myself at this particular moment. Yeah. Um honestly, a lot of movies that aren't that don't take place in any sort of fantasy setting are basically like that for me. Hmm. Like anything that is like a period piece drama, but yeah. like based on a real person. Like I'm almost certain the Danish girl is gonna kill me. Is that on here? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it is. I just know I it I wouldn't be surprised if it was, and I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't, just because two hundred fifty like is a small number and there's a lot of things that like I don't know, but I feel like that one did win awards. Yeah, and like I feel it got some attention. Yeah, and I heard it was really good, and it's on my list of movies to watch. I'm gonna watch it. It's going to utterly destroy me, and I'm never going to be able to watch it a second time. Uh, it was rated a seven point one, so it was not on top two fifty. Fabulous. Okay, uh, fabulous in that I don't need to watch something that is going to destroy me, but then have to review it. Um. <laughs> Which is, like, always a weird spot to be. <laughs> this is utterly emotionally destroyed by a film, and then I must give it a rating. <laughs> okay, so let's. I'll just run you by my... Um... Mm -hmm. So one is uh, plot, is the story compelling? Mm -hmm. uh, two, pacing, does the story move forward at a reasonable pace? Mm -hmm. Three, uh, acting slash characters. Uh, do the actors sell what's on screen and are the characters compelling? Mm -hmm. uh, four, <laughs> uh, writing. Uh, is the script slash dialogue noticeably good? Uh, soundtrack. Yeah. Is the score memorable? Uh, hmm. Holy fuck, that violin theme. Jesus Christ. It is and also isn't like in that I couldn't hum it for you right now. True, and I, I watched it like less than a week ago. True, but what I qualify as earning a star for that is if you recognize that the soundtrack is noticeably really fucking good. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like if you that, didn't, mm, if you didn't like pay attention to it at all, then no, it didn't get a star. I. I noticed it. It. I noticed it in so far yeah. as like it in but in so far as like a lot of times music will for sort of force itself to be noticed yeah um so i don't know that one's hanging in the air so let's see uh six directing uh does the movie as a whole stand out as a piece of art shit okay uh, <laughs> i'm gonna give y'all a wild fucking guess <laughs> Uh, seven uh, cinematography how well is the shot visually shit yeah um... uh, eight uh, immersion did you stay engaged <laughs> uh... 
<laughs> yes. Fuck. Yes. Um. Okay. Uh. Nine. Uh. Rewatchability. Mm-hmm. Would you watch this movie multiple times? Ooh. Okay. So there. All right. So I will give it a nine then. I, even yeah. though we didn't get to the last, the, the last one, I will give it a nine. Except go with this last one. Uh, and what then is the uh, one? ten is uh either overall enjoyability or provocation of meaningful thought or emotion balls okay yeah, yeah. okay i will give it a nine then. Um, um and i gave it back the one with the i gave it back the one with the um with the actually you know what i will give it eight and a half and only because again i can't hum the soundtrack to you right now where there's like where i yeah. know with lord of the rings i can do that <sighs> and i say this knowing that that's the next move we're gonna do it, I, like i yeah oh i thought um fistful of dollars was first nope lord of the rings is next oh <laughs> we need to get our friend christine on here immediately i mean she already said she'd do it she can't back out now <laughs> i can't back out now bitch um but no seriously i don't think she would back down so no. i think we're fine there yeah. oh fuck the prince of the prince of egypt was only 7.1 on imdb oh god damn it anyway um so me for the rewatchability part on um, these kind of movies i can't really say that i'll never watch them again because um, i consider myself an emotionally expressive masochist <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I I love like being provoked to that end uh by a piece of art. I think it's very cathartic and I think it is very important that we remember these things especially um, um events like Schindler's List. Yeah. Um so I am this giving it a star for watchability. All right. This list is life is the tagline of this movie. Maybe I will give it a 9 in so far as like I can concede to that. Yeah. (laughs) I can concede to that as a point. I also know I will actively go out of my way to not rewatch this movie. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Like I I will, like I will leave a party if this movie comes also, but who puts on this movie for a party? Like who does that? (laughs) Which also is funny because I can think of like five people (laughs) that I know who would. If it's a specific film appreciation party, then yeah, oof, yeah, Other yeah. Than that no, <laughs> yeah, no. I, I don't, I don't have it. I, I can't, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't rewatch it. But like, it is one worth rewatching. Um, it's one worth rewatching. I just simply won't do it um, anytime in the future. Anytime soon. Yep. In the recent future. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I guess that that is a collective rating for us of. Uh, let's see. I I'm giving it a ten. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay, so that's a nine point five collectively for us then. Oh, awesome! That's cool. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense and like feels like where this deserves. You know what I mean? Like that feels good to me. Oh, since we're here, um, <laughs> I didn't write down um our collective ratings for Dark Knight Rises or Twelve Angry Men. <laughs> oh. That's fine. <laughs> like, right. I don't remember. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's fine. I gave it a. T- I I remember I gave the last one a ten, but like I don't really. It's fine. You you gave uh, uh, Schindler's List what a nine? I gave it a nine. So cool. nine and a half is where we both collectively land. Um, 
And our next one is uh, well, technically on the list. Technically, it is uh, Lord of the Rings: The Return of the King, but it exactly. is part of a series. So, serious And we will not be rewatching all of them multiple times <laughs> because Lord of the Rings Fellowship is is um, number ten. So yes. we will start is with further down too. Huh? And two towers is uh, further down the list too. Oh shit! I fr- I like I don't know how. Oh yeah, no, that's fifteen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, if we okay. run into it again, we're not rewatching it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not how this is going. No. <laughs> oh shit! One floor of the cuckoo's nest. I'm actually excited for that one. I have um, that movie actually. I have so many movies oh. that I just you know, <laughs> that's so wild. <laughs> I have a shit ton of movies. You know this, Jacob. <laughs> And I do, but that's a really I have not I have either never watched or mm. watched so long ago that I have not remembered that. Fair. Like Pulp Fiction's gonna be a wild one for me. I don't remember that shit at all. I also <laughs> have that movie and just have not watched it. Uh fair. <laughs> I just like the cover of that movie. Uma Thurman Yas Queen. The cover of that movie just makes it seem like a completely different movie than what you actually get. Yes. <laughs> like, if I recall correctly, that's what I remember about it. Also, this feels like a lot of movies from 1994 are on this list. It was <laughs> but I could be wrong. Movies. Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction, and Forrest Gump are all on the, are all on this list. Nice. Schindler's List was 1993? 90s, man. Great time. Great. 1999 is the is the next 90s one after that, which was a Fight Club and then and, and then the Matrix. Oh boy, I have so many opinions about Fight Club. Me. The, it's probably I, not what a lot of listeners may be thinking what my opinions may be about Fight Club. I have no idea what your opinion is going to be about Fight Club because I fully and I'll be real, I fully don't know what my opinion is going to be about Fight Club because I don't recall ever watching this movie. This is the one of the movies that I have watched on here that I actually remember watching. <laughs> oh shit! Yes, mm. like that and Lord of the Rings oh, are like my yes, are the, the two that I remember. <laughs> well, that and The Dark Knight and like. As I scroll down this list, there are so many fucking movies on this list. It's a wonderful life. I'm just mad we're not going to get to that. And it's it, like, it's not going to be Christmas by the time we get to that. Wait, it's a wonderful life. Like, it's on here? Huh? It's on yeah. Here? Oh. That's number 24. Oh. Yeah. Oh, shit. Parasite is number 26. Oh, okay. That makes me feel good. That makes me feel good that I'm going to see that before, like, five years from now. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, dear. Oh, man. There's so much happening here. I'm also just playing with my ring light for no fucking reason. And listeners, no, we are not filming this. I just have a ring light in this recording room because why the fuck wouldn't I? Oh, Grave of the Fireflies? Shit. I forgot that was 88. Wow. Anyway, I'm going to stop looking at the remainder of this list so we can close out this episode. Uh, yes. um, <laughs> woo! All right, y'all. Uh, thanks for checking this one out. Um, um, Take care of your mental health, which is a thing I have to directly tell myself to do now um, because, oof, Jesus. Um, 
But yeah, um, <clears throat> so take care of y'all's mental health. Do as many good things as you can. Stay safe out there and turn up to some seal. Also, we we named we named the axolotl Buffy. Um, because <laughs> I can justify this now. Um, I named I I named the axolotl Buffy because the word buffs is in our is in our name. Yes, it is. And and and, and Buffy just made sense. Um, because of that, that that's it. That's the only reason. It also maybe looks like an Elizabeth to me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Which also the fact that Buffy is like a shortened version of elizabeth makes zero sense to me but like that is nonetheless a thing oh um, okay yeah yep this is why buffy the vampire slayer was elizabeth the vampire slayer mm. <laughs> it was a wild fucking name choice but all right um <laughs> elizabeth the vampire slayer makes it sound immediately victorian Ah, <laughs> uh, i'd see that movie <laughs> I'd see that very Victorian vampire slaying movie, which I think Pre no, that was Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which I did see and was funny. I'm sorry, what? Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Um Yes. <laughs> it's exactly what the fuck you think it is. Okay. Have you never heard of it? I don't think so. Someone rewrote um it was a, a book originally and I re and I read the book um because of course I did. Um <clears throat> and then watched the movie immediately following and enjoy I, I will say again, enjoyed the book more than the movie because the book had all of the hallmarks of the actual Pride and Prejudice and then just like ruthless murder. <laughs> Which honestly really improves that storyline. Let me tell you. Um, truly, if like, if oh, if Pride and Prejudice was a murder mystery, I don't know. It just feels funny. That feels like a good premise. <laughs> like just someone randomly, Mister Darcy, randomly dies halfway through the movie and we have to figure out why the fuck he died. I don't know why that's funny to me, but it would be. Anyway, um, that has nothing to do with anything and will never be an actual movie that we will actually see. Um, so there's that. Uh, but uh, yeah, turn up to some zeal because that's what we need during quarantine is Kiss from a Rose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet baby shit. Um, here we are.